Oh, guys, today I'm so glad that you guys are here. Um, we are starting a new series. It's actually birthed out of a new season, and we are going to be calling, or not going to, it's already called, this series that we're in is just something that God has been working in, Alison and myself, and I've been sharing it with a few people within our team. And um, the series is called Rise Up. Rise Up. Um, I just felt with the change of seasons, you know, whenever there's a change from one season to another, there's different growth that happens. When you think spring, not here in Cape Town at this moment, because, um, oh my gosh, it is cold. But um, how many of you guys know, when, when you think spring, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Something that blooms. Hey, flowers, um, beauty, different colors, um, the colors change. Uh, what is your spring colors? Green. My wife's color is green. Don't ask me. Apparently, I'm color lazy, not color blind, so I can see some colors. But um, there's, there's all about this growth, new. But what happens when the seasons change, but your situation doesn't? What happens when everything around you becomes something new, but you are still faced with the same problems from yesterday? And I believe God was telling us that in those moments, rise up. Get up. It's time to just get up. And today we are going to have a look at that in a, an experience within the Bible. Uh, for those who are new here, we call them experiences because we believe everybody in the Bible experienced an encounter with Jesus through all his power through the Holy Spirit. And today's experience we're going to be looking at is in Acts chapter 3. Jesus has come, he's died on the cross, he has risen from the grave, he, he, he's ascended to heaven, he has sent the Holy Spirit to be here with each and every one of his people. And we turn to Acts chapter 3 verse 1 to continue with what is going on in the world. And it says, one day... If you have your Bible here, I want you to circle that one day. Um, in, in, in a lot of translations, it would be uh, now Peter or one day Peter. But if you have a Bible and it, and it has one day, I want you to circle it. Because one day, Peter and John were going to the temple. It was three o'clock in the afternoon. It was the time of prayer. A man unable to walk was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. He had been that way since he was born. Every day, someone put him near the gate. There he would beg from people going into the temple courtyards. He saw that Peter and John were about to enter, so he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man watched them Closely, he expected to get something from them. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took him by the right hand and helped him up. At once, the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk. He went with Peter and John into the temple courts. He walked and jumped and praised God. All the people saw this. 
And when they saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple gate beautiful. They were filled with wonder. They were amazed at what had happened to him. Can I ask you just for a few minutes, as we unpack this experience, as we look at it in the context of where we are, under this title, Everyday Jesus. Uh, I just want to ask, can we pray before we get started? Lord, we want to thank you for your word. Father, we thank you uh, that you encourage us, you speak to us. And Father, there is transformation power in the truth that we find in the Bible. And so we pray, as we open it up, Will you change us? Do what only you can do. Bless us at this moment. We ask this in your name. Amen. Um, anybody have a routine? Who likes routines? I've got a routine. Um, I've, every day we've got routines to go to school. Uh, wake up. Our, our routine stays the same, but changes depending on the weather. Um, in summer, our routines seem to flow a whole lot smoother because everybody wakes up. In winter, it's a little bit delayed, and certain things within our routine get thrown out the window because people just like to sleep. Guys, my oldest son, can just, he has two, not one, two down duvets. One of them being ours, which is like this really big one that he folds in half and puts it on top of him, and he sleeps. That light he bakes, man. Yeah. My gosh. So in any case, it looks like a sausage roll. Let's carry on. But in any case, routine. Routines are good. Routine help us create good habits. It helps us get into... <coughs> Sorry. It helps us get... At... Yes, I'm okay. Sorry, guys. So this, this past week, one of my routines got thrown out because I wasn't feeling well as well. But um, I'm still alive. Yeah. And... Um, Routine helps us move from one place to another. It helps us, uh, it builds us up, it helps us get things done. But if we are not careful, it can also become the thing that stops us from growing. Because we rely so much on it and we put everything into it that we don't want to change. And sometimes we use a routine to numb whatever we are going through. I don't like my situation, but if I just keep my head down and I do what I need to do, I will make it through to another day. And, and, and it becomes something that just allows us to, I don't know, just to survive. It steals your joy, your creativity, your, your drive. And so here we are in this specific passage and we, we see this man and we're going to see Two pictures of two different routines. The first one we see as this guy. We don't know his name, but we know a lot about him. Pretty much like most of the stories in the Bible. That here's a man who has a routine. He has to get to the gate, and all he has to do is try and survive. It's actually his lifestyle. How many have a survival lifestyle? How many of you guys have experienced... A lifestyle where all you're doing is just trying to survive and trying to get through. And this is this specific guy. Um, I don't know if you guys 
Anybody grew up in Sunday school? I grew up in Sunday school. Um, elke dag was ons daar. And um, my, my Afrikaans is improving. Come on. And, and we always used to sing the song. There was actually a song about this guy. And then um, I won't sing it because I can only remember singing it with a really high-pitched voice. And, and, and it's like, I can't even reach those notes now. So, But, but there, there was a song that we had to sing about this guy at this gate, and Peter and John came, and he has an encounter. But isn't it very ironic that his routine is this man being carried to a gate by the temple that is called Beautiful, and his situation isn't? How many of us have that experience where we Go day to day to something that is beautiful, a work, we got a home, we got the car, we got the family, but we are still walking in a situation that is not beautiful. We are battling with health, we have issues, we got bills to pay. There's actual real conditions that we are facing, but the world sees that everything is beautiful, but it's not so within us. And this is the situation that we, we see here, and a lot of us, we find that in different seasons, that is where we are, that people look at us and they see, that's beautiful, but we're hurting, we're broken inside. And we can get into this survival mode, whether it be at work. How many of you guys have ever got into a survival mode within your relationship, With in, the, in your walk with Jesus, just survival. Oh, I'll, I'll just go to church. I'll just do a routine. Oh, they're going to sing. I'm just going to sing these songs. I'm not going to lift my hands. Oh, they need to pray. I'll bow my head. And we just get into a survival mode. And this was his everyday routine. But what I want to show you is that every day there is Jesus we, 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 we didn't have lights, and we were sitting up, and then we went outside, and we saw the beauty of, our, of, of everything. We heard the birds, and we go, Jesus is amazing. And we need to be able to find Jesus in every day. And I know it's not easy, but can I tell you something? The first thing we need to do is please show up, go to work, smile at your family, but don't miss it. Don't miss what God is about to do in your every day. Um, we, we don't stay too far from the church, and um, there's pretty much only one way to get home. There, there's multiple ways, but we choose one way to get home, especially when we take the kids to school. So Monday to Friday, we come home the specific way at least twice a day. And, and we've been staying in our current place for, this is just over a year, almost a year. And about a couple of months back, we stopped at the robot that overlooks Table Mountain, the wine fields, and there's just beauty everywhere. And Ali goes, was that wall always there? And I go, yes. No. I don't know. And every day now when we ride past it, that wall bugs me because we are so captivated in our routine that we miss certain things. 
We, we miss certain things with our kids. Guys, I've got a 13-year-old in my house. Almost. I miss those days when I could give him a hiding without him fighting back. No, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I mean, like, we, 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 we get so focused on our routines that we miss out on so many things. And I love how the verse starts. Verse 1 of this passage says, one day. Because one day we were driving and Ali said, have a look at that wall. How many of you guys have had a one-day experience in your everyday life? Where you were driving and everything was normal, and then one day you saw the beauty, you saw the difference, you saw the change. And this is what I want to encourage you. Your situation might not be different to yesterday. You come into church today, and it might not change tomorrow, but one day. God is equipping you today so that one day you can see something great. And in the middle of everyone's routine, we find the one day. You see, the first routine is this guy that gets carried to a beautiful gate in a messed up situation. And then the second routine is Peter and John walking to go and pray. Now, we need to understand this. They were Jews... And they had prayer at least three times a day. Not at least. They had three sessions of prayer a day. You see, guys, I want that kind of prayer meetings. We have prayer meetings once a week. Please pitch. (laughs) These guys, three times a day, 9, 12, and 3 o'clock, they are making their way to the temple to pray. And in their routine, one day, something changes. They meet a guy in a routine. Think about this quickly. We know that this man was lame from birth, and they carried him to this specific gate every day. Let me just take you back. When Jesus came to the temple, which he did often, he might have walked past that gate. However, when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, he went through that gate. But this guy didn't get healed at that moment. It wasn't in the big event that he had his one day. It was in his mundane that God pitched up and had a one day. Guys, I want to encourage you. Tomorrow is work. Who's looking forward to Monday? Yay, there we go. Come on, Monday is good. God created Monday as much as what he created Friday. And he looked at all of them and he said, it is good. And Monday's coming, and Monday you're going to get into a routine, but Monday could be your one day. In your every day of doing the same thing over and over, please don't miss that God wants to show up and do something in your life. One day, keep going Keep showing up. Keep encouraging. How many of you guys have a friend that you keep on praying for? They keep messing up, but you keep on picking up the phone. You keep texting. If you don't have it, maybe it's you. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Keep going. Keep bugging them. (laughs) Let me ask this. How many stories do we know of, personally, of pitching up every day at a place and seeing someone all the time 
and all you've done was just waved or greeted. And after a day, a week, a month, a few years, that person you wave at or greeted has actually started a conversation with you. How many stories do we have like that? I've got a story. I think I met, uh, I met Salmon at a, at a park run. Hey, and and, and we met, I met him with, with, with Mario, and we, we, we went to the park run. Not that I enjoyed running, but we got there, and we saw Salmon. We saw him the first week, and, and, and we started chatting, and the second week, we started chatting, and the third week, he was in church. One day... How many one days do you have where you pitched up at gym? Um, oh, wait, wait. Let me just see. Okay. You had a bri. <laughs> How many one days do you have where you went to work and the person that you, you looked at was like, oh, that person is so crazy. But then that one day you had an encounter with him and it's like all they needed was someone to say hi, to love them. Don't miss it. Because we need to Live a life with expectation. Have a look at this. Acts chapter 3, and we're going to just read from verse 3 to 5. This guy, he saw Peter and John were about to enter, so he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. Now, now this is not in my notes, but something just popped up here quickly. When you don't want to recognize that someone's in the room, what do you do? You don't look at them. We've got this thing called a cell phone that allows us to not set our gaze on what is happening around us. But Peter and John looked at him. They were intentional of making eye contact to say, I see you. And Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. Because it's easy for me to walk with my wife, and someone call my wife, and I go, oh, but book faster. But both of us, both of them stopped. They didn't want to miss something, and they looked at him to say, I see you. I see your problem. Then Peter said, now you look at us. So the man watched them closely. I'm sure he was watching their pockets, watching their hand motions. And he expected, I love that word, expected to get something from them. Do you guys have an expectation? We should live lives of expectations everywhere. Uh, how many of you guys live a life of expectation in your relationships? I know my wife is expecting her husband to come home with muscles. I came home with broad shoulders. I brought her muscles. She told me I don't eat seafood. We moved on. And um, we, we love lives of expectation. Uh, I'm expecting my kids to do well in school. I'm, I'm expecting to provide. But can we also live a life of expectation when it comes to walking this road in faith, expecting God to show up. I, I love this guy because he had a need, he asked, and he expected. Yeah. Who's ever asked and said, ah, never mind? 
My kids never do that. I wish they did. It's like, oh, dad, I'm hungry. Do you have food? Oh, never mind. I'm like, yes, extra meal for me. No. Um, But no matter what it is, they come with an expectation. They have a need. They ask, and then they wait. We need to live a life where we, God, here we are. Can I ask you? And now I'm waiting. But I've got to ask this. If you're living with expectation at this moment, and God answers that need, what is the next thing that you are going to cry out to God for like you are crying out for right now? You see, this guy had a need and expectation for money. But God doesn't always give us what we want. God gives us what we need. And Peter's response is so human. I love it. He didn't go and he's like, Bruder, let me tell you something. No, he goes, silver and gold I do not have. But he doesn't stop there. How many of you guys have stopped there when someone's asked you for money? It's like, sorry, I don't have. You know, we always stop at the thing we don't have. Because it shows you at this moment that Peter and John were in the same situation that he was in. They had no money. And it's Satan's duty to remind us of what we don't have. Because when he reminds us of what we don't have, we become bitter. I don't have that position. I don't have that car. I don't have that house. I don't have those kind of relationships. And all it does is it pushes us down and it keeps us on our mat. But Jesus goes, hold up. Didn't we just come out of a series where we asked, listen, what do you have? And the woman says, I don't have anything, but hold on. I have a little. And Peter walks up to this guy and he goes, you know what? Silver and gold I don't have. And then, but. But what I do have I will give you. Can I, can I ask, we need to become Christians that rise up, get up, and even though we have a need, we go, Lord, I'm expecting you to do something in your, my life. I need breakthrough, but I'm also expecting you to use me to fulfill a need. We cannot be Christians anymore just walking around begging. We need to be Christians that walk around giving. Acts 3.6, Peter says this, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. Come on, who's got Jesus? Yeah, who's got Jesus? Come on. If you believe the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, what do you have? We need to start becoming the Christians that walk in power every day. Guys, your situation is going to still be the same tomorrow maybe. But if you walk in power, it doesn't mean that, hey, you have to sit on a mat. When you walk in power, you go, I take my mat and I put it aside. Nothing's going to keep me down. I'm going to rise up. We don't know when someone might just need your kindness. 
your presence, your love. Can I be a little bit bolder? We don't know when someone might just need you to pray for them. Pray for healing over them. Uh, This week, uh, man, we had a lot of people sick. I wasn't feeling well. And um, so I was reading in James. And James says, when you are sick, call the elders, let them pray for you and anoint you. So I've told my wife, grab the oil, phone the people. We are on our way. And we rode around to different people and we went to go and pray for them. Because I'm not going to sit and beg. I'm going to take my routine and I'm going to change it. I'm going to become interruptible in my routine. I'm not going to allow frustration to keep working in me. I want to live every day with expectation to see Jesus move. The last thing is when he told him what he has, Peter had to do something. When we live a life of expectation, there are certain things we might also need to do. He got down and he pulled the guy up and the dude started jumping and he went into a place he could only see from a distance for years. What are you doing with everything that God is giving you? How many of you guys have answered prayers? Let me see. If you're online, tell us what your answered prayer was, even if it's one. Who's got more than one? Who's got more than five? Who's got more than ten? Okay, so there's there's a room with quite a few met expectations. Can you tell someone about it? You need to tell your story. This guy, he got up, he danced, and when they saw who it was, they were amazed. I have this, how many of you guys have these aunts? I've got an aunt. That no matter what you guys are talking about, she will always go, but you know what Jesus did? Um, I've got an aunt, her name is Auntie Petal. Um, she, She... been a teacher. She's an amazing lady. Um, and I would tell her, um, one day I like told her, hey, Auntie Petal, I made the rugby team. And she goes, that's amazing. Isn't God good? Hey, he's just going to bless you because I was going through life. And at this point in time, Jesus did this for me. How many of you guys have those aunties? How many of you guys have met those aunties? If you haven't, can you become those people? Because we need to stop keeping Jesus for ourselves. We get on our knees and we beg and we're going, Lord, change our situation. And when he does, nothing changes around us because we don't tell people about the goodness of God. We want to hear. We guys, every Sunday we're going to ask for testimonies. Every Sunday we're going to ask you for your prayer requests. We had one of our ladies get up and testify when we were still in the upper room. And God is good. And it encourages us. Who needs to be encouraged? I do. 
So come on, tell us what God has done because you're one day of getting past your fear of telling us what God has done is one day that someone else goes, well then, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Every day we have something to tell the world about Jesus. We live in the craziest times. What do you tell each other about? I've got a friend that sends me a message. The moment a load shedding schedule comes out, Milo, hey, power's going off at this time. Oh, it sucks. How many of you guys tell each other when, I've, I've, I've got a friend, he, him and his wife, they're expecting a baby and they phone me up. And when they phone me up, I'm like, you don't normally phone me up and uh, you normally send me a message. And when I saw the video call and I didn't even wait for them to tell me what was going on, and I'm like, you guys are expecting, and they're like, yes, we are, and we broke out because God has been so good in their life. We need to stop just, guys, I'm not saying don't. Tell people about everything good in your life. Tell them about your shoes that you just bought. Tell them about the burger you finished. Tell them about the course that you completed. Tell us. But can we also tell them about the goodness of God in our lives? Tell your story. Because when we do that, we love Jesus every day. And we see Jesus in every day. And we expect Jesus in every day. So I'm going to ask you, get up. Get up because there's someone that needs you to tell them about Jesus. Your situation might still not change. Just remember, Peter and John prayed for this guy. He gets healed. They dance into the temple and you know what it doesn't say in the Bible? That the bank accounts were filled afterwards. As far as I know, silver and gold they still did not have. But what they did have, they kept going around and giving it to everybody else. Allow God to use you every day. So I want to encourage you. You might be sitting on a mat at a gate called Beautiful at this moment. And things might look, hey, Milo, you're telling me the seasons change, but not my situation. Can I say it's okay? Let me tell you about the goodness of God. But do you have a story? It's time for you to get up and go. Have an expectation that God will use you while you're expecting him to still change you. And then tell people about it. I want to encourage you. If you want to see change in your life, maybe you need to tell people about what God has done for you already. Can we pray?